good morning, good afternoon, good night, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is kind of like a special episode. This is uh, this is this might not count on the the episode count. Uh, I don't have anything planned, uh, you know, to talk about. I wasn't planning on talking about uh, police brutality and the two situations that uh, taken place within the last twenty four hours or forty eight hours. Um, I had something else to talk about, but I felt as if, hey, you know, I had this platform. I'm a, a man. I am a black man. And, uh, you know, if I didn't use this platform to at least on whatever level talk about the two incidents from yesterday and today. Oh, yeah, today. Right. Because I'm, uh, you probably if you're just waking up, there's been another shooting. Uh, and, I, and I'm trying to, this is again, like I tell you all the time, uh, this is the idea of manhood, I'm five mics. Uh, like I tell you all the time, this medium here, this podcast, this microphone, this opportunity for me to, to speak um, and to just unrehearsed kind of just, just let it all out is therapeutic for me. Um, you know, over the past 48 hours, 24 hours, really, it was yesterday morning when I heard about Alton Sterling's murder in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, by the hands of uh, white police officers, um, you know, less than 24 hours ago, or a little bit more, I don't know, sometime yesterday, I heard about his shooting, uh, haven't seen the video, won't watch the video, barely want to see his face. Um, I know his name, I know the story behind it. And, um, you know, I, I took to social media. Um, that felt like the only outlet where it made sense to express my frustration in, you know, my timeline on a Wednesday morning, you know, is just full of, uh, HD, high quality, 1080p, you know, dual angled uh, video of police officers shooting a black man. And I just didn't, I couldn't do it. Like, I didn't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. Um, but the, the media and social media, you know, makes it their job so to make you see it, right? And, you know, I had a lot of friends post it. And, you know, I, I expressed frustration saying I won't post it and I won't watch it. Um, but, you know, I understand why people post it. I think it's necessary. Otherwise, how would anybody know? Because how do we know this hasn't been happening, you know, in small, in, in smaller, less profiled situations across the United States? Um, we know it's been happening in the big profile cases, the cases that are caught on camera. Or, um, but what about those cases in those little backwood towns in Southern Virginia or in, you know, in West Mississippi somewhere? You know what I'm saying? So I understand the need for it to be to be posted. I just hate it. I hate it with all of my heart. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's almost like reemphasizing what they feel are places in society. Um, we are black men that is we are the ultimate source of their amusement of their entertainment you know i was really thinking about this and you know how it all comes together for me 
and 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 when it started like clicking it's always clicked for me you know i've always had an activist mind and kind of this kind of this mind of you know uh you know understanding oppression and understanding social justice and you know um that there's different layers to it i understand a lot of that i studied a lot of that i taught uh a lot of that at the collegiate level you know so i understand you know theoretically and philosophically where all these things lie but personally i've been trying to you know link certain things in terms of why certain things get coverage and certain things don't and how america feels so comfortable making comments and 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 um highlighting the mistakes the triumphs of black men right and so i'm focusing on black men because that's where we are right now um so in the past couple days we've had a series of announcements from the nba we've had i'm I'm promised i'll make i'm going to try anyway to make the link back around to what we're experiencing today with the police brutality but it all stems in line it stems to the conversation that black men are America's number one source of entertainment of, uh, of yeah, of just entertainment. Right. And so I was thinking about, you know, LeBron, the, the finals just finished Steph Curry, all this situation, right? LeBron decided he's going to stay in Cleveland. Everybody was happy about that. A couple years ago, he decided he wasn't. They burned his jersey. Now, to me, right, so you see these things, and everybody kind of takes it as, ha, 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 it's sports, it's entertainment, ha, 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 ha. When they burned his jersey, I was like, yo, there's something real lynchy about that. Like, there's something real lynchy about the anger and the level of frustration that white people show towards LeBron James making a personal or a career or a financial or a selfish, whatever the reason was, he made a decision um, in however fashion he uh, shared his decision, whether it's on ESPN, whether it's on Twitter, when it's on TV, it doesn't matter. But they burned his jersey in a way that was very, very lynchy. And, you know, people laughed it off. People, oh, shaking my head. This is crazy. I didn't shake my head. I kind of was like, yo, that's lynchy. So then you come across, you know, six or seven years later, Kevin Durant, you know, makes a decision to go to the Golden State Warriors. Now, from a basketball perspective, might be a bad decision. It might be a decision he, he you know, it proves to be, you know, just he might regret in the future. It might be a decision that might be the best thing possible. We don't know. But from a basketball perspective, you know, people had their comments to say, all people, black, white, and different. They burn Kevin Durant's jersey and the thing that I never quite understood about these sports announcements is why do people following these sports announcements go on TV making these statements in such an angry manner like how dare you how dare you make this decision why do people feel as if they can confront and talk about and discuss the decisions of a grown black man with such anger and such like vitriol such like you're a disgrace and i hate you and and like to me all of those those are the same 
sentiments. That's the same anger, that's the same disdain that white people have when they lynched us and hung our bodies from trees and clapped and had picnics underneath the dead bodies swinging from the trees. To me, it's like, it's a continuum of emotion, right? It like, you have a line of, you know, you start in the green of just, you know, kind of anger and then you go to the red where you're like, ah, I want to kill him, right? And to me, a lot of these reactions in terms of black male athletes and their sports and their sports decisions, you know, spills over into, you know, making judgments on their character, making judgments on their families, making judgments on their pockets. Uh, and to me, it stems from a place of wanting to control. Now, when you get to control, you get into authority. And when you get into authority, you talk about the police, you talk about guns, you talk about violence, you talk about all these things. And so, you know, I've seen other videos and have heard accounts and have read stories about police shooting uh, black men, right? I've seen it, I've, you know, um, and there seems to be a common thread in all of these videos. So today, this morning in Minnesota, I'm not sure where in Minnesota, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, Minnesota, a young man, a man, uh, wow, I can't find his name right now. Um, Philandro, I think it's Philandro Castile, um, was shot and killed by uh by two or by one white officer uh and i'm trying to find his name so i could give give him his respect philando philando castile was shot and killed during a routine traffic stop um I don't know why he was stopped. Doesn't matter. Um, from what I understand, I haven't watched the video, but the vid. Oh, mind you, the video. Uh, the his wife or his girlfriend in the car with him. His four-year-old daughter in the car with him. They love tearing us down in front of our families, just like they did when they lynched us. Uh, the 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 woman in the car recorded the incident on Facebook Live. Now, you know, of course, it's all over my timeline. And in this one, I'm not even that mad because I, I'm mad I'm not going to watch it. Um, uh, I, I'm not going to watch it. Um, but I'm not mad because I feel like this is one of those cases because it's so close in time and in proximity after the shooting yesterday. Um, I feel like this one might have been swept under the rug if it wasn't caught on video. If this wasn't on video, then we probably wouldn't be hearing about this at all. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, I'm glad she had the sense in that moment. It, it's brutal. Uh, I, again, I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. I've read about it a little bit. Um, but apparently the police officer, one of the officers asked him for a license, his uh, license and registration card uh, for, his, um, for his gun. He had a concealed weapon. Uh, they asked him for it. He was reaching for it. I believe the woman in the video was saying he's just going to get his car that you asked him for. Uh, and he was shot and killed. Um, 
And like I mentioned in a few Facebook posts yesterday and Twitter yesterday, you know, they love to see us in pain. They love to see our families in pain. They love to see our families crying about us and weeping over us. They love it. They love it. And they're going to show it on TV over and over and over again until it is indoctrinated into the minds of America that we are subhuman, that we deserve what we're getting. They're going to have debates on whether or not he deserved it or not or what he should or shouldn't have done. And they're going to have debates about it. And it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. They're going to continue to uh, debate whether or not a man should have lost his life for following the directions and the orders of a police officer. So I, I, I talked, I made a tangent to talk to update you about that situation in Minnesota to come back around and say that now um, in these videos and these stories that you see and uh, how the police officers interact with black men, it's always from this hyper uh, from this fear, right? There's this, there, there's a assumption that the black men that they encounter are dangerous beyond the fact that anybody they stop on the street could be dangerous. There's an assumed level of danger with black men that causes cops to act uh, out of their character or within or whatever, to, to act with excessive force. There's an assumption that the black man that they encounter will respond in a certain way. And because of that assumption, LeBron James, because of that assumption, Kevin Durant, when they do something that doesn't align or doesn't parallel with whatever they, whatever they have in their mind should be done, there is an excessive amount of force and an excessive amount of authority used to quiet them. Burning jerseys, you know, writing letters and putting in a newspaper and how disappointment and this and that. So to me, it's all the same. And to me, it's all entertainment. To me, this, to this, this is how they look at it. They are saying that our lives are not valued enough that we're going to show you your dead bodies on TV and we're going to sell Clorox commercials to make people watch and to make more money. We're going to, we, we don't care about your rap videos. We'll blur out the guns in the rap videos, but we're going to show a full real live gun, shoot you in the face on TV at six o'clock in the afternoon, right when you're coming home with your families. You're going to have nothing else to watch on TV except for cartoons and sports. Nope, can't watch sports either because all on the sports channels, we have uh, so-called sports experts um, yelling and being unnecessarily aggressive about the decisions that black men make that entertain their entire white families and make them feel good about their lives. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I have a son to raise. I have a daughter to raise in this world. I am terrified about my white neighbors in this community that come and will drive by our house now and say, oh, oh, your son is so cute. And in 10 years, when he's taller and bigger 
than them. It has more going on in his life than their kids have going on in their lives. That turns into jealousy and that turns into them questioning the decisions that he makes and them taking authority into their hands. I am scared about that. I'm scared about his white teachers in his classrooms that are going to assume that because he does X, Y, and Z or because he wears X, Y, and Z shirts and wears these kind of shoes and wears these kind of socks and has his hair in this kind of way that they're going to make assumptions and they're going to take authority into their own hands and they're going to act in a way that they wouldn't act with Johnny Bobby white hair and Johnny Bobby blue eyes and they're going to treat my son differently and force him to do something that might be out of his character. I'm scared about that. And that is a fear, dear white people, that you will never, ever have to worry about. And that's why we say Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter because you have always, in the history of our existence in the United States, made it your point, your job. The foundation of what this country is found on is the fact that our lives don't matter. And we're trying to tell you that they do. And you're like, no, all lives matter. Fuck you and your life. Fuck everything about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, we are tired. We, a collective we, are tired of having to deal with this Every day we get on tea, every day we turn, every day we wake up in the morning, every day we go to work, every day our white coworkers shake their head and they're like, oh, it's so sad. I don't know what else to do. You know what to do. You don't want to do it. I am sick and literally tired of it. I'm tired of it. And me and everybody that I know that is like me, me and everybody in my circle of friends are tired of it. And I think we're all at a, at a loss for what to do and how to raise our children in this world. How to talk to them about this. So the vicious cycle is, you know, our son is going to see this. He's 10. He's aware. People are going to be talking about it. How do we talk to him about police? You know, everybody, when they were young at some point in time, every boy wanted to be a police officer, wanted to be a firefighter because they're supposed to protect. And that's what boys want to do. They want to protect. They want to be the big man. They want to be, you know, they want to, you know, they want to be in places of leadership and authority. And that's what police officers and firefighters should be doing. So how do we have this conversation with our sons and daughters about police that are supposed to protect and serve without elevating their irrational fear? So if our fears are irrational and uh, and a little bit higher and a lot higher than they should be. And the police's fear and interaction with us is uh, a little bit higher and a little bit more fearful than it should be. What is, where are we going? Like, wh how does that create a space 
to have these conversations. The police have already said, we are not wrong. We are right. We're going to put our officers on administrative paid leave. They're going to go on a little break. They're going to go in hiding and they'll be fine. No one recognized. You never see their faces, right? You only see their guns. So our fear levels are raised. The police fear levels are raised. We don't have guns. They have guns. What's going to happen? Cops are punks, man. I thought cops were supposed to be like, you know, I thought they were trained to be rational. I thought they were trained to de-escalate situations. That's what I thought. But you're hiring these punk cops at 18 and 19 years old that are from this very same millennial generation or generation X that could barely use a computer that could barely pass their pre-calculus class in high school and you're giving them guns. They could barely read on eighth grade levels and you're giving them guns and authority and indoctrinating them to hate and to fear and to uh, assume a, a, a standard um, and to assume a stance of power and authority over people that they don't understand and people that they don't respect already. We know where the police are coming from. We know what kind of grades the police get. We know their level of intelligence. And we're entrusting them with all this authority and fire and firearms and weaponry. And we're indoctrinating them People that are already not might not be the highest level of intelligence because we know what happens to the people that have higher levels of intelligence and where they might go for their careers and all. We know what's happening. So we're taking student people, kids out of high school and we're saying, okay, you're going to go into the police force. We know you might be weak minded. We know you might be a follower instead of a leader and we're going to give you mad guns and we're going to tell you to patrol the street and we're going to tell you to interact with uh, black people that you never liked, that your parents never liked, that you're afraid of and you hop out the Porsche on every traffic stop with your guns raised. Okay. Well, you know what? It, yo, we just got... we. This is how Jay-Z felt at the end of What More Can I Say? When he slammed the mic down, like, <laughs> like there's no other way. Like, this, that's how he felt. Like, what more, man? He was like, man, F this, man. Turn the mic off. Just, yo, y'all have a good one, man. Y'all, yeah, when you figure out how to respond to this in an appropriate way, let me know. You know, I'm sure people are going to have a lot to say about my, uh, about this podcast. I don't care. I don't know what episode this is. I'm not counting this in my episode count. So I'm still going to have episode 38 another time. Um, but I'll holler at y'all later.